Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Welcome to episode 101 of Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast about inspiring and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of, Beyond the Rut. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry Dugan, and in just a moment, Brandon Cunningham is going to come on board and talk with not just me, but also a friend of mine, Naomi Blackburn. Uh, Naomi just recently left a corporate job of her. She has a whole career working in uh, development for businesses, and one day, she just turned that around and said, hey, I'm going to open up my own business, my dream. So we're going to learn about Potomi Media Group, what do they do, what is IndiePix, and how do these platforms help independent writers, self-publishers succeed in their craft. So check it out. Here we go. All right, Brandon, welcome back to your own show. How have you been? Probably just awesome. Just awesome. All right. You know, we, we saw a really cool game uh, the other night. Uh, last night. Last night, yes. No, it was, I guess, when this airs, it'll be a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, for you listening. I know you were trying to lead me there, but yeah. I didn't go there. Three weeks ago, guys, we saw a really awesome game. Uh, Corpus Christi Hooks were down by two runs. And three runs. Three runs. Yeah, at one point, three runs. And I just said, uh, I posted a picture on our, our Facebook page and said, hey, you know, we're watching the, uh, the Corpus Christi Hooks. Uh, finding their way beyond the rut of a two-run deficit. Mm-hmm. Because at the time, it was two runs. Yeah, it was like two then, outs, I think. And then, yeah. And then like two minutes later, they hit a two-run home run. And then they gave up a three-run home run. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, there goes that. But then they didn't give up. They hit a walk-off grand slam and won the game. So that, and we were laughing at all the people that yeah. left about 30 minutes before that Suckers happened. <laughs> didn't even get their free tacos. Uh, all right. Speaking of great baseball, <laughs> Chicago's a cool town. Yes, and our friend Naomi Blackburn is calling in from Chicago. How are you doing, Naomi? I'm great, guys. Really happy to be here. Awesome. Now, uh, I know Naomi from when she worked at uh, Christus Pond Health System, and you know, just cross paths with her all the time. And so she's got a really cool story we're going to share with you, and she's launched a, 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 just a really amazing company that is taking off really good. Yeah, really well. Gangbusters. There we go. Like, there we go. Yeah, my, my fake accent coming in. <laughs> so, Naomi, uh, I always love to kick off all of our episodes with a little game called uh, Six Degrees of Separation Fact or Fiction. So, I'm going to ask you uh, how you're connected to a certain celebrity within six degrees. And then Brandon has to guess whether what you just told us is fact or fiction. And uh, you ready? All right. So, uh, in Six Degrees, how are you connected to Brandon's favorite actress, Renee Zellweger? I have to tell you about my girl, Renee. Okay? She and I basically started, and this is a true story, you guys. She and I started in brownies together. So, I basically, she was in the same troop with me in... And so I kind of went to the troop meetings with her. We promote, you know, we kind of grew through, um, through going through Girl Scouts and all that good stuff. And then I moved out of the Chicago area and lost track of her. So that's how I know Renee. See, I, I remember Naomi from, you know, whenever she was in San Quentin and, uh, <laughs> 
she had kind of this history of not necessarily following the rules and telling the truth. So I'm going to say that's probably false. Are you calling me a liar? <laughs> you can't call our guests a liar. What, what's wrong with you? I'm right. And I'm missing the Bears game for this. <laughs> Spoiler alert, the Bears win. on this one, you're right. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, this could be a game that the Bears actually win, and I'm missing it. (laughs) I will feel bad if that happens. (laughs) I I made a comment on Twitter today that I saw something on Twitter I've never seen before. This girl had said, I'm really excited about the Browns' season this year. And I was like, I've never heard anybody say they were excited about the Cleveland Browns. (laughs) (laughs) Give her time. She'll yeah. be okay. That's what she'll, I said. She'll come to her senses. Yeah. I said, you should be disappointed somewhere around the first part of October. So just oh, hang in there. First part of October? By the time they get out of preseason. <laughs> I, I was trying to give her a little bit of grace period there. but <laughs> So I'm hoping that my bears give me at least a little bit more than that. There you go. Awesome. The bears. The bears. So, the bears. So are you a native Chicago or... I am born and bred. Born and bred. In born and bred. Cool. Uh, south side, south oh, side, south and then uh, pretty much lived in the Chicago area for the first forty-seven years of my life. <laughs> so, awesome. Somewhere in it, somewhere in it, and then uh, just up and moved to Texas. So um, yeah, so like within an hour and a half triangle, I, I lived my entire life. Well, there you go. And then everybody then at some Texas point calls. comes to their senses and moves to Texas. So. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I sat there, went out to purchase gas yesterday, and it was about two sixty a gallon, and I was having a heart attack. Came home, told my husband that we were packing up and moving back down to Texas. <laughs> there you go. But then you turn on the weather channel and you go, no, never mind. We'll, we can wait about a month or two. <laughs> Oh, no, I love the heat. I love the heat. So I, I'm good with that. You know, oh, cool. it's, it's it's him. So, um, you know, but that's what air conditioning's for. That's my go. motto. You can simulate the cold weather easier than you can simulate summer. Right? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I always exactly. say. You can always go inside when, it, when it's hot. Yeah, but when exactly. it's 20 degrees outside, it's miserable inside and out. It doesn't really matter where you're at. That's right. And that's what the beautiful beaches are for, you know, to cool off in the water. There you go. So. Well, cool. We didn't just bring you on to talk about Chicago weather and Chicago sports, <laughs> although that we'll, we'll do that at another time because I love both. So I don't know your whole story, but I know that uh, a lot of our listeners are going to be really inspired by the, the way that you kind of taken this path. So, so take us through a little bit of how you got from Chicago growing up there to, to Texas and then eventually to starting your own business. <laughs> I'm an avid reader. I, I have had years that I have read a thousand books in a year. I pretty much average, um, I pretty much average about 350 to 400 books a year. I always have a book in my hand. And one year, my, a librarian friend had introduced me to a site called Goodreads. It's a very dangerous site. You never want to go on there. And I think I've been on there before. I'm familiar with Goodreads. <laughs> there you go. I call it crack for bookaholics. <laughs> exactly. So my traditional reading had always been the big five publishers, you know, and I had gone on to Goodreads and my reading level or my reading uh, 
exposure had just expanded. Had really had come across a lot of small publishers, a lot of independent uh, indie published books, Amazon published books, you name it. Basically, what had happened was when I was on Goodreads, I had started a, a group called Sisterhood of the Traveling Book. And uh, being the little capitalist that I am, what I was seeing was that these a lot of these authors that were coming into our group were actually these small pub, indie pub authors or traditionally or the, the big five publishing house authors that weren't the James Patterson, things like that, that they were basically trying to get the word out about their books. Wow. And what I found was that I really, I'm, I'm an MBA. I have 20 years of business development sales, healthcare business development background. And what I found was that a lot of that carried over into the, uh, it carried over into the business, into the book world. And, and then of course it was the avid reader in me. So what I found was that, that I was able to help these authors to really come up with ideas to bring their books to market through the Sisterhood of the Traveling Book, through a blog I had started called The Author CEO, different things along that line, and had found that it really became a passion of mine. The other thing that I had found was that one of my favorite magazines is called Book Page. And basically what Book Page is, is that it is a review magazine, but it is really the traditional five or the big five traditional pub authors. And right. that's it. There was really nothing of quality out there for these authors that were outside those boundaries. Which is really about 95% um, of all authors, 98% probably, because right. well, we, we can to, all name a few one. authors, but about 98% of them you can't name because those 2% right. make up most books <laughs> that you see anyway. Right. Here's some statistics for you guys. Two to one, a book is going to be self-pubbed or outside the traditional five, then uh, tr uh, big five published. So you, you're right. The majority of these authors, they are publishing those books. Right. Now, the other thing that we're running into, though, is that you have these books that, that really run a spectrum. So you have what I call the people that wake up in the morning and they publish a book by the afternoon. And you have best-selling authors who are basically, um, you know, they're, they're putting blood, sweat, and tears into, into bringing their books to market. The problem is, is that they're being, they're being compared with the ones who wake up. There's, there's too much of a variance in quality. As a result, it's very difficult for these authors to get themselves into independent, independently published, or I'm sorry, into independent bookstores or indie bookstores. Very difficult to get into libraries that require some form of, you know, of a professional review that has been done in a literary journal. Um, so it's a very closed so, system that if, it, if I just decide to write a book, the odds are stacked against me. Even if it's a great book, the best book ever written, exactly. the odds are stacked against me to ever get it in front of anybody. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Show to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content like podcast episodes or YouTube videos 
into Capshow and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. Capshow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Exactly, exactly. So my, my thought process was, you know, and here's the thing, because we now have the American Library Association telling libraries you have got to work with these authors. You have no choice but to work. You know, you really, you're discriminating against these authors if you're not working against or if you're not working with them. You have the authors who are still trying to, just for the library, trying to get in there. And the librarians are saying, look, there is nothing, nothing to, to say what the quality of your book is. There is no review. And I can see both sides. Right. What I had stepped back, though, and I said, you know what? There's a really easy fix to this. There's a really easy fix to this. And really, what I came up with is that um, I have started a magazine. It's called Indie Picks Magazine. And what that magazine is, is that it is reviews of small published, you know, small, medium publishing house authors, um, the Amazon author, your Amazon authors, your self-published authors, anything that is outside the big five. So people subscribe so to this magazine or it's mostly online? Do. Is it, there a print version? or There's a print version. There is a version um, where they can get 50, you know, the, the libraries or the indie bookstores can purchase a bundle of, of or they, they subscribe to... Um, it's called a bundle and there are 50 magazines in that bundle, 50 issue or copies of the issue in that bundle that they can give to their customers to encourage sales that they can give to their patrons to, you know, things along that line. But the other thing that I had wanted to point out is that our reviews are written by librarians. So we you no longer have that uh you know the it, the quality isn't there these are the or you know you no longer have the libraries saying you know what your quality or we don't know what your quality is because we brought together a great team of nationally recognized librarians in the in the genres that they're that they're interviewing in or that they're reviewing in um so so this company just, literally will take people kind of out of that rut of I've always wanted to write a book, but how do I get up there amongst the Stephen Kings and James Patterson and those guys? How do I get my book in all of those places? You've kind of provided that right. off ramp to get right. into it. Right. And the thing is, is that as long as the author has put in some effort into the book, and that is what we're saying for the self-published books. So your Amazon creates space, your Barnes and Noble, there are oodles and oodles of companies out there that do it. As long as they have, um, as long as they have brought in a professional editor, as long as they've brought in a professional cover designer, and we can verify those references, you're good to go. We're we're going to you can submit your book for review, and this the anything related to a publishing house, 
it's already been understood that that has happened. So your publishing houses are already going to have that in place uh, before they'll put a book in the market. But it's your self-pub that we don't know if, if that has been done. And, you know, and there's extra steps that we have to put in place to ensure that what's being put out there is, is a quality book or what we're reviewing as a quality book. So any genre, any any type, I mean, you don't in, in any ways, I assume, maybe censor for anything? Nope. Nope. So, so, so we how do review you get, an 11. How do you get paid in the sense that I submit my book that I've written, I've got the cover designed, I've gotten it, you know, professionally kind of done, and I submit it to you. Do I pay for that or where, nope. where does the no, money come? The, <laughs> the money comes from the subscriptions. We have subscriptions that run from an, an easing. All the way up to uh, all the way up to the bundles that I was talking to you about that are for libraries and independent bookstores. So you can oh. have a subscription that runs from eighteen dollars for uh, per year for the easing, all the way up to uh, two hundred and fifty five dollars for um, their their bundles of fifty per month. Wow. So you'll, you know, and it's basically, again, and the other thing that we do is that we do offer advertising. So we have, we really run from the full page ads all the way down to where an author can purchase a, like a single, a sixth of a page. And that's something that has also never really been available to authors before. So, you know, hmm. we're, we're really looking at within the first year, we'll, we'll be looking at knock on wood on a hundred, a uh, hundred thousand subscribers. And the, the authors have never had that opportunity before, whether it is our main competitor just doesn't allow, you know, they, they don't allow for anything outside of the big five. Um, there's just n- never been really that opportunity. So as a, 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 an author that's writing maybe my first book or maybe even my fifth, but nobody's, I've not been able to get it out there at all. I know that, you know, you walk through the airport and you've got these bookstores and, and James Patterson's everywhere and, and all the big guys mm-hmm. are, are everywhere. So this is an opportunity for the, the unheard of author who may be awesome to get a little advertising, a little publicity and get his name out there or her name out there and, and their book read. Right, right. Or even to, to have it where it may be that you don't necessarily see where the bookstores because shelf space is still limited right. and they're going to move with those authors. But what it, what it means is that if they, a, a reader can look at an issue of book page and let's say, I'm just going to use, you know, there, there's a, re, you know, there's the book review for, I'm going to give an author who happens to be our first feature author. Um, Betty Lee Crosby, who is, um, she writes Southern, Southern fiction, general fiction. And basically where a reader may have never have heard of her before, all of a sudden the author is seeing the type of books that Betty is, is writing different things along that line. And, you know, it may be, you know what, that's actually a type of book I would read. Right. So it's, taking that to a library, different things along that line to say, you know what, can you get this book in for me? Or to take it to an independent bookstore and say, you know what, I'd like to special order this book. You may not carry this book in my store, but I'd like to special order this book. So not only are we, you know, not only are we helping those authors 
but we're helping to expand outside of the big five for what you see traditionally in your libraries. Uh, so they're no longer discriminating against. They have, they have a credible re- review source, which they require, and I can see why they would. Right. But they also have, for the independent bookstores, it's a way to it, to support these outside of the big chain. I love it so, because I and, kind and of and equate of course, it to whenever you travel, we have a rule in my family when we travel, we don't eat at chain uh, franchises and stuff. We we try to find those mm-hmm. that are central to that town or, you know, find that little place that's unheard of or maybe doesn't look that great on the outside, but the food's awesome. To me, I kind of equate right. that to this is you're finding some real gems that if you only read the top five, you're never going to hear about these people and and i didn't even know southern fiction was kind of a thing but uh, that sounds awesome way to oh, find yeah. it discover new genres new new kind of new music you know it's it's a, kind of yeah, the same thing yeah yeah i had posted something on my I, I had been doing a lot of uh looking at independent bookstores because you know getting ready to do some marketing to them and somebody had posted a quote, and I wish I could remember it exactly, but it was kind of like, if you only read what the top five is, if, if everyone is reading what the top five is, and that's the only way that you, that's only what you read, then that's the only way that you think. Right. And to me, that is just the indie movement in general. Um, so to me, it is, there is so much more literature out there. I love the small publishers and and things like that for the diversity that they bring to reading. You know, you have to remember that your big five, they need to make profits off of those books. So they're really trying to fit those books into as many different, um, they're trying to fit those books into as many different genres as they can to get them marketed as many different ways that they can. And that's what I love about these small publishing houses and things along that line is that they each have their own little niche, whether it's horror, whether it's, you know, uh, romance, different things along that line. And, and I really wanted to celebrate those and I just did not see them getting celebrated, you know, just, and you can't necessarily blame the libraries or the the bookstores because they they have to make money to stay in in business right and you know and shelf spaces shelf space is a premium and different things like that and to me this was a way to address that yeah and and you know stephen king's got a really big house somebody's got to pay for that exactly Exactly. sell a lot of books to pay for that kind of upkeep on that house i love the (laughs) concept it's kind of like you were talking about you know coming to corpus and and chicago there's there's so many pieces of corpus and just texas in general and chicago and the surrounding area that are not just downtown you know like chicago has Mm -hmm. the magnificent mile i think it's called and it it's great but there's so much more to chicago than that if you just go to the the main thing you miss so much you know it's like if you just go to downtown dallas you're like i've seen texas not really i mean that that's not representative of what's here right right i have a you know it's funny because i i say i'm from i'm from chicago but i'm actually from a little town called burlington and if i ever said i'm from burlington illinois people would be like where uh but you make a face like brandon just made 
Is that where they make the <laughs> yeah. coats? I think. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Nah, no. But I literally have 15 miles of cornfield that surround my house. Right. Um. You know. So now, and the the funny thing that I tell people is they're like, "Oh my God, I love Chicago. How could you ever leave Chicago?" And I'm like, "Let me show you where I came from because it's not Michigan Avenue. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Let me show you where I work. Yeah, because it's not Michigan Avenue." Yeah, I tell so, people I grew um, up in Dallas, you know, and because most people don't know Texas that well, but I actually grew up about a hundred miles northeast of there in Paris, <laughs> Texas. And there's so there's, we didn't really go to Dallas that much, but the surrounding area there's so much there. But if you just tell right. people Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, they know where that's at, but they don't have a good reference for where all the other stuff is in Texas. Yeah, so, sort of like me with Chicago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, now, so. to shift gears a little bit, because, I mean, you started, I mean, you were talking about Indie Picks, the uh, the magazine that you started so that indie writers can actually showcase or get reviewed by librarians, and you started Potomac Media Group. Mm-hmm. Um, but before you started those two things, you worked in basically corporate America doing sales for other other people, other companies. Um, and I just love that you, you found a way to take your skills from... Uh, you know, the corporate life married it up with your passion. And now you've got these two things. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit more about you know, like the, the rut you were experiencing uh, that kind of drove you to, to go for it. Well, unemployment will do that to you. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, there you go. I like having a roof over my head. Um, no, what had happened was that um, I, I'd been in, and basically I'd been in, in healthcare for about 20 years. And my passion was my hobby. And what I was seeing was that it was really an area of big need. And what I was finding was, although healthcare is my passion as well, um, you know, people having access to healthcare and different things like that, what I was finding was that I was becoming more and more miserable, just, just miserable, because I was seeing what my author friends were saying. I was hearing what was it, what was being said in the libraries, different things like that. There's a fascinating gentleman who's the head of intellectual freedom by the name of Jamie LaRue for the American Library Association. And I had mentioned to you guys that he was basically saying to um, that he was basically saying to librarians, you're basically discriminating against these these book, these these authors because you're not bringing their books into your library. You're not doing a great job of, of bringing their books into your library. And the, and the librarian's response was, look, quality, different things like that. I was hearing that because I had already thought up the idea for, and I'd actually thought up the idea for there are three lines that, that Potomi Media Group will, will go into. We've just launched the first with, with IndiePix. But I was hearing that and I was hearing the authors and I was hearing the publishers and different things like that. And, there was a level of frustration that was coming to me because I felt like I had the answer to it and I didn't feel like I was living up to my potential. I'll never forget. And it, it was probably the strangest thing that, that I probably, I don't even know the person who ended up laying me off when I, when I was with the company probably didn't even know how to respond because 
she <laughs> she basically she basically laid me off and my response was oh my god i'm finally going to get to live my dream i had asked her a question <laughs> I love that. she she responded and i was like bam let's go you know and it was i had i had allowed the the, the safety of corporate America to protect me and knowing that I had a paycheck coming in different things like that. I'm the main bread earner in my home and I was always afraid my biggest fear. And you guys, (laughs) I've got to tell you, it's, it's like now that I'm doing this, my biggest fear is not making payroll. I have four employees that I currently pay and my biggest fear is not being able to make payroll. And I've had to face that. Oh, yeah. Um, I love the way you so, put that, though. Your rut was more security than it was insecurity. It's yeah. Like, you know, and, and we talk a lot about that on this podcast. It's it's when you have medical and, and a retirement and a good income and, a, and you work at a good place, there's nothing wrong with it. It's too safe for you to take that chance. Yeah. And that can keep you inside yeah. that rut. Yeah. And it was that's why I said I'm sure that the day or, you know, that my reaction to being laid off. I'm sure that it was, it, it floored her because it was, I now have to, I have to face this. And I ended up, I took another, what I called my day job because it was never anything more than that to me. While I was going through the process of looking at different loan options or different things along that line. And it was funny because and I needed that. Basically, what the banks or what what the, the the loan companies were telling me was that you need to have that job. So I was like, all right, I'll do that. And then I'll move on, you know, and because the main the main um what will be the main product line for the company is actually considered software. The SBA does not guarantee software. So we were <laughs> unable to get financing. And I went. I'll never forget because I'd written the business plan, all that other stuff. And I'll never forget when I decided that when we were turned down, but for the SBA loan, um, I was, I just, I became very depressed. And then I kind of looked at it, it. I just, I looked at my business plan in a certain way and it was like, oh my God, I don't need a loan to start this. I can do this if I change the way that I'm doing it. And, and it was no turning back from there. Um, And I went and I started to hire for my positions. And then my husband was like, you know, but there, it's funny because I was hiring for these positions and I still was working a day job. And so my husband sat there and said to me, there was some stuff going on in the day job. And my husband sat there and said to me, Naomi, you're putting our entire life savings, everything that we have, you are putting into this company. And basically, I kind of feel better if you were doing it 100 percent, you know, versus getting up at four in the morning, doing it until eight and then, you know, getting off at, at five and then you know, and then doing it until 10 o'clock and things like that. He said, I would rather that all of your attention be put into it. The second that he gave me almost what I thought was that permission, not that, not that I needed his position or whatever, or his permission. But the second that I had that, 
it was like adios to the day job <laughs> and it it it's been a month and it has been a hundred percent that is not to say that the fear is not there right you know as i said i've, I've woken up in the middle of the night of what if you can't make payroll <laughs> you know right. but but we're doing well we actually have we made and remember that our subscriptions go from the, you know, we have the 255, but that uh, libraries and bookstores are not going to jump into that. You know what I mean? Right. So libraries are not known have, as really wealthy institutions. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So they're going to, they're going to be looking at what they're spending $255 on. So, but what we found was that we do not have a sample product yet. We have not had our first product launch. We or our first magazine printing. We have not had. Um, we really have nothing on the on the website as of yet, except for please subscribe to our thing. And here's the various levels that we have. And the the market is so hungry for it that we actually have did in three days. We did a thousand dollars in subscriptions. That's great. Now keep in mind that you have a hundred to, or you have eighteen to twenty-two dollars, a couple of forty dollars, but the majority are that. That's how desperate this this market is. What I love about your story too is it's like you you started it before you quit your day job. You know, you were doing it in, right. in your extra time, even if it's four o'clock in the morning, you know, you're, you're squeezing it out. So many people make that excuse. Well, if I had time, I'd do it. It's like, you got to make time to do it while exactly. you got your day job. Right. And then, you know, even though, you know, wasn't, wasn't technically permission, it's like you needed somebody to say, Hey, you can do this, go do it. And, and we've talked a lot about, you know, you need a, a spouse, a friend, somebody in your life that can encourage you and say, Hey, go do this. And, and for right. him to say that, it's like just permission. Hey, jump off that cliff. Let's go. Let's see what happens here. And then that, that stress is still there, but some of the fear is gone. And now all of these, you know, other families, it's one thing to risk your own personal income, but when you start risking other people's paychecks, because mm-hmm. you got to make payroll and stuff, but you did it anyway. Right. And you get in there and you do right. the work. And that's really getting out there, get making your own paths. And, you know, when you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, you go out there and get it done. Right, right. You know, and these were people that had left good jobs. One, our editor-in-chief was an editor for Booklist Magazine for um, for six years, wow. you know, and she, she and, and that's the thing is that all these people believed in the product and I was holding back and it was, how can you be asking people to leave their security? Because you guys, magazines are, are risky endeavors. Right. So how can you ask them to leave what they're doing when you're still holding on to your security? That's such a great you know, way to say it, too. It's like you've got to be all in. If this is your dream, people will follow right. you, but they want to see you be all in. And, and once you took ownership right. of the dream and said, I'm in more people can come along beside you and get behind you and say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to do this. We're going to help make this work because a lot of other people needed permission too. you know, they needed somebody to say, Hey, here's a reason I can get into this because she's doing it. I can do it. We can make this happen. And that's really what this podcast is about. That's why we wanted to have you on to tell your story to, to kind of give somebody out there that's listening permission to go out there and do that, you know, give it a shot. The worst thing that can happen is it just not work out and you go back to your day job or you go get another job. You're you're not going to die, but your dream might, if you don't get out there and try something. 
Well, and that I, you just made a really good point because my husband had said to me, because my husband and I are like night and day, I, how we've been married for almost 30 years. And sometimes I sit there and go, how, how did we do this? But, you know, one of the things that he had said to me, um, you know, he said, Naomi, he goes, I don't understand why you just cannot get up and go to work every day. I, I just, <laughs> I, I don't understand. Some people, that's and, what they want. They want to just go to the same job every day. That's him. He was with the same company for 30 years doing the same job. He, you know, and I sat there and I said, if I did that, and, and, and this was a really tough, tough thing for me to come to. I said, look, I go, if I do that, I said, I can do that. I go, but here's what's going to happen. I go, this is so powerful to me. This whole thing is so powerful to me and the need that this needs to happen. I said, if I don't do it, I go, I I know in my heart, I said, I will grow resentful. And I said, and if I grow resentful and it's because I feel that it's you who's holding me back, that's going to carry over. Right. That bleeds into every avenue of your life. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he sat there and, and, it, it was just, he has been, it, it was almost like he got it too. And he has been so supportive, you know, in, in doing this and things like that. And he just recently retired and, or, you know, he, he didn't, I mean, he wasn't old enough, but he just recently left his job and, and he's coming into this so that we can be down in Corpus Christi together. Yeah, one of the things that was so hard, one of the things that was so hard was that when I moved down to Texas, it was for temporary. It was supposed to be that we were with, we were with, I was with Christus and, and things along that line. And then he would leave his job and, and he would move down there and things like that. And, and I, I could never get comfortable with that security. He held our life or her, our health insurance and different things like that. And right. I could never get comfortable, um, with what you were saying with going back to comfort. Right. And finally, it was for two and a half years, we lived like that in our marriage. We were, we were living apart or we were not together for our 25th wedding anniversary. Wow. And, you know, and, it, and it's so amazing what you it, accept. It, for security, yeah. you know, you'll just accept these little yeah. things and then realize, wait, that was a big thing. I let it just be there. Yeah, exactly. And and what we said was, no, enough is enough, it, you know, and, and if this is the way that it's going to be that way, or if this is the way it's going to have to work is it's going to be the company, our, our own company, because we know we're going to be a Texas company. There's no way we're going to have an Illinois company. It's, it's not a, it's not a, a business friendly state. So we know that it's going to be a Texas company. So if this is what it takes, then it is what it takes. And um, I have no problems with working 14 hours a day. I'm probably, even though I'm at the scariest point in my life, I'm also at the happiest point in my life. That's what, that's what I love about your story is just, you know, it's getting out there, taking some risk, but then like you just said, you get to the best part of your life. And, you know, that, mm-hmm. that's really the message we wanted to share and, and to have you on and, and just encourage people. And I know Jerry's going to put links in the show notes to all the, the things that we've talked about and that kind of thing. But I just, 
want to say thank you for coming on and, and sharing that story and encouraging people. And if you've got an idea out there that you think, well, I just can't do it, you know, take Naomi's story and say, you know, I can. I've just, I, I need to, if somebody else doesn't give you permission, give yourself permission. Look in the mirror and go, you know what? I'm going to do this and I'm going to make this happen. Now, obviously, if you're married or, you know, you're in a relationship, discuss it and that kind of thing. But encourage each other to just go out there and try something, make their own path and, and see what comes out of that. You can find everything we talked about in this episode on our show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 101. It's so cool that we have like real triple digit episodes now and, and they don't just start with zero. In any case, there you'll find links to the resources that uh, Potomi Media Group has and any of the books that we've mentioned are going to be linked there as well. Go check out the subscription rates for, for Indie Picks. You'll, you'll just get a beat on all the new independent writers as they start publishing and like she said, everything's reviewed by librarians. Real, degreed, studied librarians. And who knows books better than librarians? Nobody. So there you go. Take care and go live life beyond the rut. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Cap Show, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.